welcome to the Idolcast. Hit it! song today was Ariro by Top Dog, R.I.P. Performed live on Show Champion March 12th, 2014. If you haven't seen Top Dog in action, I'll link the music video in the show notes. The theme of the track was a fusion of hip-hop idol and traditional Korean, and the music video showcases Top Dog in their finest early 2010s idol gangsta streetwear while they dance with, around, and in between women in traditional costumes, and people playing traditional instruments. The chorus translates to something like, You still don't know me? The bad boys from the South. Top dog. Well, it's catchier in Korean. So the theme of the episode today is... Wither Top Dog. Because I'm guessing most people listening to this would not have heard of the bad boys of the South before. Top Dog debuted just a few months after BTS in 2013. And in a lot of ways, their career trajectory is the funhouse mirror version of BTS. Two small companies suffering from financial problems debut similar-sounding rap-focused idol groups into a crowded marketplace in 2013. One becomes globally famous, the other disappears. It's a fascinating story and one that touches on a lot of different pieces of the K-pop puzzle, so I thought it was worth taking something of a deep dive. I have to admit, I was inspired in part by Tammy Kim's recent and now infamous article in The New Yorker in which she says about BTS, quote, It was unusual for a K-pop group to start from a base of rap and hip-hop, unquote. Well, you're about to find out just how untrue that sentence is. And yes, because this is my podcast, we have to start a couple of decades before Top Dog's debut with a man called Cho PD, aka Cho Jong-hoon. Cho PD was born in 1976 in Busan, but his family had moved to the U.S. when he was a teenager. By the mid-1990s, he was at college studying business. But after three years, in 1998, he transfers to Berklee College of Music in Boston, Massachusetts, about the same time that Park Jae Sung, aka Psy, would have been there. For anybody unfamiliar with the college, Berklee began as a small jazz school in the 40s, but by 1998, it was known as the foremost college in the world for contemporary music, 
attracting talented musicians from around the world to study performance, songwriting, music business, and music production, among other things. So if you remember your idol group history, Soltaeji and Boys had the first breakout Korean rap hit in 1992 with the genre had grown in popularity with young people and elements of hip-hop had taken root in teen-focused pop music via groups like H.O.T. and Deuce, in 1998, there still hadn't been another pure rap artist to really break through to the mainstream. I've talked about this before on other episodes, but there's a couple of factors that we need to put into context before we can understand what happened next. The first is that Korea never really had the cultural fetishization of the physical album or the physical single that we have here in the West or that they have in Japan. And one of my favorite anecdotes from Hasegawa Yohei's memoir of living in 90s Seoul is of him chasing after a trash truck because he spotted a vinyl album he'd been after just like sitting on top of a heap of garbage. And whoever did, like owned it had clearly just been tired of listening to it, so they'd simply thrown it away. Pop music was, and is, disposable. Koreans weren't concerned with authenticity and consumed plenty of black market vinyl. Bootleg music from America, Europe, and especially Japan was easier to get than official releases. Prime example of this is, and I'm going to butcher this, the killboard, keyboard. So a keyboard, a portmanteau of the Korean word for road, kill, and billboard, was a bootleg cassette containing a selection of hit songs mixed and matched to give you the most bang for your wan. Kim Jong-hwan's 1996 hit, The Reason for Existence, is said to be due to its popularity on these keyboard mixes and it said that singers would even lobby the vendors for inclusion on the newest ones. And what this points to, at least in my eyes, is of a general public attitude towards music as a consumable good that's not tied to physical medium, but rather something that exists in a transitory state. In other words, Koreans were already primed for how music consumption would change as we headed into the 21st century. And that leads to point two, which is that Korea is about a decade ahead of America, culturally, when it comes to computers and the internet. So with the collapse of the economy in the wake of the 1998 Asian financial crisis, one of the things to pop up were these places called PC bungs, essentially like computer cafes where you could hang out, do things like play games, um, surf the developing internet, chat in chat rooms on a high speed, you know, for the time, um, connection. And you could also do things like download MP3s, which took off in a big way in Korea in the late 90s, with Samsung even offering one of the first portable MP3 players called the Yep. 
all the way back in 1998. Sure, it only held 10 songs, but the vision was there. So in the US, the first rapper to really blow up online is Soulja Boy, 2006-2007 with Crank That. Why me crank it, why me roll? Why me crank that Soulja Boy, that Superman, that hold that why me you? Crank that soul that why me you? Crank that soul that why me you? Crank that soul that why me you? But in Korea, thanks to their early adoption of the MP3, the first rapper to blow up online was Cho PD in 1998. So after getting to Berkeley, Cho PD anonymously uploaded an MP3 of a song to a rookie singers forum on a web platform. It got over 20,000 downloads in a single week. Now this anonymous singer caught the attention of the mainstream press and Chopidi was soon fielding offers from music companies. However, he decided to release his 1999 debut album, In Stardom, containing both the songs that had gone viral and some new material under his own label called Stardom. It sold over 300,000 copies. Not bad for an anonymous college student. And personally, I think In Stardom holds up extremely well today. I'm not proficient enough in Korean to be able to really speak to the content of the lyrics, except to say that they were very well received at the time for both Chopidi's wordplay and the content critical of Korean society. The album was released with the Korean equivalent of a parental advisory sticker, and it still sold like hotcakes. Break Free was the single, and you can hear how vibrant and fresh it still feels today, at a distance of almost 25 years. I dedicate this song to all fucked up Koreans, including governors, journalists, and TV station executives. In every way that counts, the big three of contemporary Korean popular music are not SMYG and JYP, but Cho Young-pil, Seo Taeji, and Cho PD. So after Cho PD's incredible debut on the popular music scene, he continued to build on his reputation for artistic achievements and show his talent for hustling by staging a live concert with the Seoul Pops Orchestra at the famous Sejong Cultural Center. It was the first popular music concert to be held there on February 22nd, 23rd, 2000. 
And on top of that, donating the 100 million won fee he had received for appearing in an LG Electronics commercial to the venue's development fund. Here is a little bit of the live CD version of To You Play Haters, which in an Sultaji famously included a sample of Come Back Home. Appearing with Cho PD on stage were a few rappers that he had brought together under the umbrella of his stardom label. The name was ironic. These were artists who had been kept out of the mainstream for being too edgy, too real, and not slick enough or clean enough for television. But Cho PD was signaling a different path. Here was a rapper who had become a success anonymously without showing his face and without the support of a major sponsor proving you didn't need good looks, slick dance moves, or a lot of money to reach people with your music. Some of the artists that he gathered with Stardom, which became Future Flow in 2001, were Digital Masta, who ended up signing with YG Entertainment, Ray J, and his old Berkeley classmate, Psy. Here's a track from 2001, Psy's first album, Psy from the Psycho World, featuring a guest appearance from Chuppy D. <laughs> Rebranding to Future Flow was a leveling up for Cho PD. He went from being an anonymous rapper to becoming Cho CEO, and he had his own studios now and was branching out into thunk and R&B. My Style, the single from the 2001 album Stardom and Future Flow, 
got rave reviews for both the sound and the creative concept of the music video, which showed cyborg humans rapping while being assembled from various plastic parts, but also because it was produced by an up-and-coming songwriter named Ra D, who would later go on to produce and write not just for himself, but for acts like IU and 2PM. All of this went to further solidifying Cho PD's reputation as both a forward-thinking artist and as a businessman. I'll link to the MyStyle video in the show notes. It is genuinely very cool. Extended himself, and both Future Flow and his recording career floundered. He collaborated with an up and coming girl group, the Brown Eyed Girls, in 2006 before enlisting for his mandatory military service. One last hit for the road. So while Cho PD had been known for pushing the boundaries in 2000 as an avatar of brash youth, by the time he came out of the military, he was an adult, and perhaps most importantly, no longer the hot, innovative rapper he had been a decade earlier. Not only had popular music moved on, but the economy had hit a major downslump during the 2008 global financial crisis, and the 100 million won paychecks for cell phone advertisements were no longer so easy to find. In 2009, the struggling Future Flow closed up shop, and Chopidi merged his business with rapper Rhymer's label Brand New Productions to become Brand New Stardom. Rhymer brought the goodwill and community vibes of the Korean hip-hop scene. Cho PD brought his knack for media play and his merciless ambition. From the outside, it seemed like a good match. Rap legend joins rap legend. But the cracks would soon begin to show. This era was a turning point, not just for Cho PD, but also for what we now know as K-pop. This is before the big three were hypothesized into the big three, and there was still something of a market free-for-all in popular music. All signs pointed to a white, hot market for idol groups as we enter the 2010s, but they were still sharing a stage with domestic hip-hop acts and non-idol singers. The physical media market may have been on a swift decline, but you could still sell music, and more importantly, you could still sell stars. While Cho PD had been out of the game in the military, Big Bang had shown in a big way that there was a market hungry for an idol group with a strong rap element. So I can only assume that when Cho PD was discussing the direction of the company with Rhymer, that the formation of a hip-hop idol group was one of the biggest things on the table in terms of potential financial gains. 
enter the trainees. So these kids coming in were all born between about 1990 and 1993. And they were from a generation who would have come up listening to that first boom of Korean hip-hop from guys like Tiger JK and his movement crew, which was founded in 2000, and probably would have been very familiar with both Cho PD and the artists that he'd brought up over the years, as well as with the roster that Rhymer had gathered under brand new productions, which included very respected rappers like Verbal Chint, as well as guys like Skull, half of the groundbreaking reggae duo Stony Skunk, um, Kush, who is the other half, remained at YG Entertainment. it's really easy to see how brand new stardom would seem like the agency for aspiring idol rappers. These weren't pop guys. They were real, man. And at the same time, the landscape had already changed enough around Korean hip-hop and rap that it was being folded into the mainstream music industry. There was no agency for guys like Cho PD or Psy to have been rap trainees back in 1997. That's why Tiger JK needed the movement crew. But now, increasingly, rap had a mainstream footprint. And because this era of the mid to late 2000s hadn't yet spun off quote-unquote K-pop really into its own thing yet, you could still see Cho PD himself performing an unsuccessful attempt at comeback on shows like Inky Gaio in 2008. The March 3rd, 2008 episode he performed on also featured former HOT member Kangta, girl group Jewelry, dance music group Third Coast, and vocal diva Gummy. To give you a taste of Cho PD in this era, when he was well into his 30s, the song he performed on Inky Gaio that day infamously featured a diss of the then rookie's Big Bang. P for the producers, P for the dictators, for a long time. We big dogs, we bigger bang than Big Bang, now man. G-R-I-S. Cho PD. It had little impact on stopping the juggernaut that was, and is, Big Bang, the first group that crafted the perfect synthesis of idol and hip-hop. Thanks to the influence of first-generation groups like H.O.T. and Deuce, many if not most idol groups would have had a member designated as the quote-unquote rapper. But that member rarely had any sort of ties to, you know, the actual hip-hop scene. Big Bang was different, with member Top making the rounds of the underground club scene before joining his friend G-Dragon as a YG trainee. So here's a bit of the young Top from a demo he recorded, like 2003-2004-ish, with rapper NBK Grey when he would have been about 
16 years old. Big Bang racked up some big hits in 2007 and 2008 with Lies and Haru Haru, followed by Heartbreaker, G-Dragon's monumental solo debut in 2009. So clearly the appetite was there for hip-hop-based idols, and I don't think that it's that big of a leap to imagine that a talented, hip-hop-obsessed 18-year-old kid like Wu Ji-ho, to be known all over Asia by his stage name, Zico, would find himself doing idol-style training at Brand New Stardom, with the understanding that it would lead him to a much bigger platform that he could otherwise get on his own, without, importantly, without losing credibility or authenticity. So like Top, Zico had been performing at underground clubs as a teenager, and even recorded an independent single with his friend Kyung before they both got an offer to join Cho PD and Rhymer at Brand New Stardom in 2009. So not only did they train in typical idol skills like dancing, but as part of their training, the kids were mentored by the veteran rappers at Brand New Stardom, and they were encouraged to release their own mixtapes and collaborate with the other trainees as well as with their company seniors. It, like, it really seems like an extremely rich creative environment. So here's a song off of Zico's pre-debut 2010 mixtape, Zico on the Block featuring another soon-to-be-famous trainee, a kid by the name of Song Minho. You know, I'm younger than you. What the fuck, nigga, new girl? Nigga, cool, boom, have two, ready for our body, time to go, she true, then I shake your nigga. I move, so nigga, then I hook your nigga. Oi, cool, money, nah. By 2011, the core group of trainees had been narrowed down to seven. Three rappers, four vocalists, with writer, producer, Wonderkind Zico as the leader. This is Block B. Zico. 
Park Kyung, Pio, Bibom, Yukwon, Taeyo, and Jaehyo. Sang Minho had been forced out, allegedly he says, because of a contract dispute between his parents and the company. But don't worry, we'll meet him again later. Cho PD, ever the showman, hyped up the group to the press as the Eminem Project. Not so much for the rapper himself, but for what he represented, to Cho PD's eyes at least, as a white man succeeding in a traditionally black genre, straddling the worlds of authentic rap music in mainstream society essentially positioning Block B as the most authentic version of hip-hop idols that Korea had ever seen. So Block B make their live debut on April 15th, 2011 with Freeze, the official video for which was deemed too racy for Korean television and has since become something of an inside joke for Block B and their fans because of how over-the-top idly it was. I'll link to the video in the show notes, but <laughs> it appears to have been shot in a striking duplicate of the infamous SM Garage set with the members decked out in their best imitation of TVXQ at their height costuming and makeup. This one goes out. We on the block. We gotta rock, we gotta make it hot, make it hot, notice We on a block, we on a block, we gotta rock, we gotta rock, we gotta make it hot Jump cutting beat, palatin and drum Kellan and Jumang beach and jack in a mirror boss Good on mother be In a vacuum, it does make sense as a marketing choice for a rookie idol group, but it was a poor fit for the group Block B was becoming, as well as for their Eminem project image. Their debut single and album did not do much to set the K-pop world aflame. Even worse for Block B than a soggy launch was that they were making their debut in the wake of a major upset in their company. Brand new stardom, an unwieldy structure from the beginning, was collapsing. By September 2011, coincidentally or not, around the time Verbal Jin's album Go Easy was released, Rhymer would take all of his hip-hop artists to a new company called Brand New Music, and Chopidi remained with Block B and rebranded as simply Stardom. Judging from the interviews and press coverage I could find, the split appears to have been caused by personal conflict by Chopidi and Rhymer, and possibly also Rhymer's good friend Verbal Jin, who apparently was known to dislike Chopidi intensely. Not an uncommon sentiment judging by the sheer amount of beefs Chopidi seems to have gotten himself into for seemingly no reason. Which at this point you really have to feel bad for Block B, who are left with, let's just say, 
an emotionally immature aging rap legend who appeared from the outside to be suffering some sort of midlife crisis. But the show must go on. Block B came back in a big way with Nalina in February 2012, their first big hit, with a sound and style that would become their trademark. Written by Zico and produced by Deli Boy, it's a loose, energetic, and extremely fun party song with an infectious hook. No matter your native language, you cannot help but sing along to the chorus. Goo goo gaga, goo goo gaga. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know what time it is? It's Black Bee time. Yeah. Brand new style represents Black Bee. Black Bee. What's up, Deli Boy? We're Black Bee's continue on into the indefinite future with Neely the Mambo, Very Good, Jackpot, My Queen, Her, Toy, Yesterday, before they went on hiatus as a group. Seems like your typical K-pop group trajectory, right? Well, buckle up friends, we're just getting started. So let's pause right here in 2012, back at Goo Goo Gaga, Goo Goo Gaga, and take a look around at K-pop generally. So only four years removed from when Chopi D was performing next to HOT's Kangta on Inkigayo, like the entire landscape had changed. And not only did you have a flood, like a tsunami of debuting idol groups, you also have this massive colliding of hip-hop into the idol sphere. There is the explosive debut of BAP with Warrior. Get down, get down, get down. Bow, wow, 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 wow. Get down, get down. 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 Get down
YG Entertainment's Big Bang came back in a huge way with their album Alive, which featured their global monster smash hit. It was everywhere. Wow. Fantastic, baby. Wow, fantastic baby. MIB had a breakthrough hit with Celebrate, Psy released Gangnam Style, there's the debuts of B2B, C-Clown, Rhymer's new boy group Phantom, JYP put forward the JJ project, the members of which would become part of GOT7. Importantly, in June 2012, the K pop focused channel Mnet, uh, owned by parent company CJENM, begins airing the first season of a wrapped themed competition slash reality show called Show Me the Money. So, Show Me the Money, which I've definitely mentioned on the podcast before, has young rappers go head to head in battles while experienced rappers act as mentors, judges, sometimes even collaborators. It remains extremely popular domestically in Korea. So at the time that I'm recording this in summer 2022, there are still fully eight hits from the most recent season, season 10, which aired in 2021, sitting in the top songs for the first half of the year, according to the New Circle chart. And seven songs, either by or featuring the winner of season 10, rapper Bayo. Okay, so also around this time in 2012, YG Entertainment was in the middle of hoovering up mid-career acts. 
projects, snapping up Psy in 2010, Epic High in 2012. They'd also get first generation group sex keys in 2016. So this means that rap focused YG trainees would have had the benefit of working closely with not just their immediate seniors like G Dragon, Top, and CL, but also guys like Tablo from Epic High, as well as, you know, relative old timers like Teddy from 90s hip hop group One Time and Kush from Stony Skunk. So that crop of YG trainees included a talented kid named Bobby who would end up in rap focused group Icon and a guy I mentioned earlier who almost ended up in Block B, Song Mino, who would debut in 2014 as part of a group called Winner. So both Bobby and Mino would go on to compete and do extremely well on Show Me the Money, with Bobby winning season three and Mino ending up as the runner up of season four. And he would be the last idol rapper to make it that far. So again, around this time, 2012, you also had a small company called Big Kid Entertainment an offshoot of JYP, preparing to launch their own hip-hop boy group, built around a kid calling himself Rap Monster. So Rap Monster, aka Kim Namjoon, had been a precocious tween hanging out on rap message boards online. Fully two years younger than Zico, he was scouted to join Big Kid Entertainment as a trainee in 2010, when he would have been about 16 years old. So unlike Brand New Stardom or YG Entertainment, Big Hit was not a rap or hip-hop focused label, or even known for having strong ties to the domestic hip-hop scene, which means that unlike Zico and Mino, the young rap monster would not have had the benefit of training with or getting direct mentorship from guys who knew the scene, like Skull, Tablo, Verbal Gent. Big Hit, if known for anything, was known for, well, not having all that much success. So back in 2010, they were hanging on to solvency thanks to JYP Entertainment's loan of vocal group 2AM. And as far as I can tell, Big Hit's plan moving forward at that time was to capitalize on the idol wave by gathering up a bunch of new trainees and then debuting a girl group followed by a boy group. So the girl group Glam would debut in 2012 amidst the flood. The boy group, yes, Bangtan Sonyeondan, aka BTS, would debut in 2013 and would end up being built around that precocious teen rap monster. So teen rap monster was a member of a hip hop crew, and you can read that in scare quotes, of aspiring rappers calling themselves Daenam Hyup. And because this crew has gained mythic significance in some fandom circles, I'd like listeners to just keep in mind that Rap Monster and his friends formed this crew when they were in middle school. So, you know, these guys were not really out at the clubs. They were making rap songs like in their nice middle class bedrooms. Here's a song called Rollin' from the crew featuring Supreme Boy, Kim 2, Marvel J, and Rap Monster. I'm a motherfucking ball on this motherfucking beat. Be motherfucking rapper, this motherfucking shit. I got motherfucking skills, so I'm motherfucking fat. That's motherfucking trick and a motherfucking track. I, I bet you better. Stop, in the cheddar. I'm a rapper man and a rapper's MVP. I'm just so greater than hoes. And I just go by the flow. Gonna make your all step back. Get that, get furious, mysterious. Do this away, me, jackass. Y'all see rap bastards. Dean and Poggy got baller. And J and Dane H, we still checking out. See, we are ballers. What? 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 Yeah. Every time you see me on that 9-5 22 sitting on them shits, boy Bad bitch on the steering wheel Just a nigga just A nigga just Every time you see me on that 9-5 22 sitting on them shits, boy Bad bitch on the steering wheel Just a 
So is it good? Well, you know, he sounds like a precocious teen sitting around in his bedroom. Does it show promise? Sure. And you can understand the appeal for a young company without a strong reputation like Big Hit to snag themselves a wonderkind rapper like YG did with G-Dragon and brand new stardom had done with Zico. So Day Nam Hup would later rebrand themselves as the Rock Bottom Crew. And you can actually hear them get a shout out in BTS member J-Hope's first mixtape, Hope World. And the most famous, or rather <laughs> infamous, member outside of Rap Monster is the late rapper Iron, who was the runner-up to Icon's Bobby on season three of Show Me the Money. And I won't go into his troubled history, which you can Google, although, you know, trigger warning for domestic violence. So the other members of note include Supreme Boy and Kiddo, both of whom would join Rap Monster, the late troubled Iron, as big hit trainees. So Supreme Boy would end up becoming one of Big Hit's in-house producers, and he's actually currently working with their girl group Le Seraphim. But let's look at what happened to Kiddo. Well, Kiddo abruptly leaves Big Hit for Cho PD's stardom in about the fall of 2012, in a true out-of-the-frying-pan-into-the-fire situation, and debuts a few months after BTS in 2013 as part of a new stardom group called Top Dog. It can't be that easy, can it? Two members of the same teen crew debuting as idols and rival groups in 2013? How did we get here? Okay, so let's kind of rewind a little bit. 2009, Zico is snapped up by brand new stardom. 2010, Rap Monster goes to Big Hit, brings his you know, crew with him. 2011, Block B debuts. Later in 2011, Rhymer splits. Early 2012, Block B have their breakthrough hit. Goo goo ga ga goo goo ga ga. Summer 2012, Big Hit's girl group Glam debuts. Fall 2012, Block B have an even bigger hit. Also fall 2012, rumors spread that one of the members of Glam is a Sasang or stalker fan of Super Junior member Lee Took, and it turns into a major scandal and she's forced to quit, dealing a huge blow to the struggling Big Hit who like really needed this to work. Also fall 2012, it's around this time Kiddo leaves the struggle bus at Big Hit for greener rap pastures in stardom. January 2013, Floppy, as a group, sues stardom for unpaid wages. Uh, what? Yeah, that's right. Kiddo jumps ship from one trouble company to another that turns out to be somehow in even worse shape. So in January 2013, Block B filed an injunction against Cho PD's stardom to end their contract, claiming that not only had they not been paid, not only had they, and especially member PO's family, been supplying like literally everything themselves, but also that the group members' parents had been scammed out of 70 million won by the CEO of stardom. Stardom claims it's all a big misunderstanding that the members are puppets to some you know, nefarious outside force, and essentially saying, CEO him? We don't even know him. In March of 2013, Chopi D and Stardom are sued by concert production company Shownote for taking advance money for a Block B concert tour that clearly is not happening. In May, the CEO, not a CEO, is found dead in his basement. June 7th, Block B's lawsuit is tossed out of court 
for insufficient evidence, but the group vows to fight on. June 13th, Big Hit's seven-member boy group in the style of Block B debuts. In August, Stardom is forced to pay back the advance fee to Shownote, and Block B announces they are moving to new management, a company they formed specifically for them called Seven Seasons. Seven is a big number in Block B fandom. So on October 1st, Block B, under new management, gets their first chart-topping album with Very Good, and they leave our story today on a high note. I'm very, very good. October 23rd, yeah, we're right back in the trenches here, uh, Stardom debuts the massive, at the time, 13-member rap-focused boy group, Top Dog. And the members were Pigoon, Sogung, Genesee, our boy Kiddo, Hansol, Sangdo, Atom, or Adam, Zero, Nakta, Yano, Gone, Hojun, and Biju, and I apologize to Top Dog fans if I got any of those wrong. <laughs> And now, now we get to the meat of the episode. In 2012, the market, like I said, flooded with new idol groups. By 2013, the hip-hop boy group concept was like, everyone was doing it, right? And as you get more and more kids entering the idol world, fueled in large part by the money rolling in, 
the ties to not only the Korean hip-hop community, but also to what domestic Korean audiences are actually listening to, begins to snap. So if you check the digital songs charts from Gaon, now Circle, from about 2010 to 2012, you'll see idols like Big Bang, 21, Girls' Generation, Wonder Girls, Tiara, Beast. But in 2013, the highest charting groups aren't those big three idols with the high album sales, it's sexy girl groups. Sistar from Starship, 4 Minute from Cube. And that trend continues to this day, with only the occasional girl group song and even more occasional boy group song breaking through to what normal Korean people are listening to. Those boy groups, Winner, featuring our almost Block B member Song Mino. <laughs> Icon, featuring winner of season three, Show Me the Money, Bobby. And of course, of course, the kings. And not to mention Zico's own fantastic solo work, which is very popular in its own right. So poor Top Talk, with its massive at the time 13 members, was left without a unique concept or even a clear artistic vision. And as the market got more and more saturated, I think you begin to see the real limits of what idol rappers can do without those ties to the Korean hip hop scene. We'll see idol rappers, including members of Top Dog, 
try and try again and show me the money, only to wipe out embarrassingly in the early audition rounds. In an extremely embarrassing turn for the lads and Top Dog, Mino even calls them out during season 4 in 2015 saying, and this is not my translation, Top Dog, Evil Kiddo, Candle Yano Shiho, Petey Hyung, Rhymer Hyung, all miss me, they're having a hard time, make your kids copyright more if you want to put them with me. At which point the camera cuts to Zico cracking up, which, you know, fair. By that point he had definitely earned it. Top Dog, Evil Kiddo! And despite Mino's pointed diss, I don't think Top Dog's rappers were untalented. But it is true that they didn't have the grounding like their immediate seniors in Block B had had. Still. Top Dog put out some great tunes. I'm particularly fond of the Hallyu-themed Arido, which I played at the top of the episode, and the futuristic sci-fi classical music-themed concept album Amadeus is also great. So like their classmates BTS, at the time, Top Dog were a perfectly serviceable mid-tier hip-hop themed boy group. They just had one major problem. They were managed by Chopedi and Stardom. Top Dog fans were rightly furious at what they perceived as poor management, as Top Dog were trotted out for a grinding world tour, first Japan in 2014, then off to the United States and Europe in early 2015. Meanwhile, they had no new releases or Korean television appearances. Then in July of 2015, Stardom merged with a company called Hannes or Hunis Entertainment, which from what I can tell was the brand new entertainment division of Hannes Holdings, a company dealing in the import and export of industrial chemicals. Nobody was missing a chance to get into the booming idol market, and perhaps the industrial chemicals guys you know, not being from the music industry, were unaware of Chopidi's reputation. They would soon find out. So our boy Kiddo and another member, Gon, both used the merger as a chance to get out of their contracts, allegedly suing for freedom, although Hannes slash Stardom claimed never to have received any papers. The two parted ways with the company at that time anyway. And Top Dog limped along through 2015 into 2016, dropping member Genesee, um, along the way as he, you know, also ran for the exit door, and who can blame him? And then as we get into 2017, the members just scatter into various reality competition shows, with Atom even redebuting as part of JBJ, which actually is one of my favorite of the short-lived Produce 101 units. <laughs> Next 
So Top Dog would reform as a five-member group Zeno T in 2018 before officially disbanding for good in 2021. And what about Chopidi? Well, he gets accused of having pocketed a large sum of money from both Top Dog's 2014 Japan tour, as well as a nice chunk of change from the merger, and he becomes embroiled in a legal dispute with Hannes over those funds, before finally being convicted of fraud in late 2018. So to put things in perspective, let's look at what Top Dog's 2013 classmates, the now globally famous BTS, were up to during the same period. Well, they had done a reality show in Mnet, you know, ties to CJ and M, where they go to America to study rap, which is actually a very fun watch if you can find it. And they were plugging along doing pretty well in that kind of tranche of mid-tier groups alongside Top Dog. And then as 2014 comes to an end, Big Hit, their company, gets hit with a massive scandal. So do you remember that girl group Glam, the one that had the member who was a Sasang fan? Well, one of the other members had been outed as trying to blackmail actor Lee Byung-hun, who you might remember from the G.I. Joe movies, and in January 2015, she was sentenced to prison. Glam disbanded. So with that on their shoulders, uh, 2015 sees BTS reach their artistic high point with the excellent Best Moment in Life Parts 1, Part 2. But behind the scenes, Big Hit was struggling with both the loss of one of their two tentpole groups, as well as the negative publicity associated with having a big hit, you know, TM idol sentenced to prison for blackmail. And things were about to get even worse. Big Hit was accused of manipulating sales numbers because there appeared to have been an unexplained and very sudden bump in sales for the best moment in life in the spring of 2015. The suspicion is deepened by the fact that BTS's sales are bigger than Superstar's Big Bang, who by every other metric that year, including personal lived experience, were dominating popular music with their groundbreaking Made series. Big Hit has denied the accusations. And then, like their 2013 classmates Top Dog, BTS has also trotted out on a cash grab American tour in fall of 2015 and one that gets their own fandom furious over mismanagement. The second-rate American promoter that Big Hit partnered with in 2015 oversold venues, did not deliver on expensive VIP packages, had some weird tie-in with a fashion company that involved mandatory purchase of t-shirts as tickets, and apparently neither they nor the group told fans BTS was only going to be performing four songs. Fans were furious, and the entire spectacle was massively unprofessional, even by K-pop standards. And then, in December 2015, Big Hit's own Wunderkind rap monster is called out for plagiarism, and he issues a non-apology apology explaining that, well, you know, he often copied and pasted interesting phrases he saw online into his notes app on his phone, 
and whoops, you know, sometimes he just loses track of what's his and what's, you know, what, what he'd copied. So BTS and Bigot enter 2016 in a better position than Top Dog and Hewness slash Stardom, but only by the grace of Big Hit's personal connections to massive entertainment conglomerate and organizers of the KCON convention, most importantly, CJENM. Um, for Big Hit founder Bang PD's cousin is the founder of gaming company Netmarble, in which CJENM is a major stakeholder, you know, yada yada yada. And BTS, the group, spends most of 2016 grinding on the road before coming back in October with their answer to both the K-pop tropical house trend and Vix's literary concepts. Blood, sweat, and tears. And it's from this point we date the modern era of BTS. So with their top dog, the boys from the south have mostly scattered to the winds. Their group is still fondly remembered by fans, but has otherwise been lost to the mists of time. Even Cho PD is barely mentioned by anyone these days. What I find so fascinating about the story, and especially the similarities with BTS, is that it just illustrates just so clearly the massive rush to cash in on international global export K-pop in the early 2010s and how few checks and balances there were on the industry at that time. So the bad side is that obviously the you know the exploitation of the idols themselves, you know, that's it's no joke. Like those kids were pretty badly mistreated some of them. The good side is that the playing field was essentially wide open to anyone who could assemble a team, whether they were a washed up 1990s back dancer or an arms manufacturing company. It took money, sure, but the bar to entry was far lower in 2013 than it is today. So of course, it may just be coincidence, but that golden era of about 2010 to 2012 came to an end conveniently around the same time as BTS began their global rise in 2017-2018. So boy groups that had previously dominated the scene, like a whole chunk of them went on hiatus for mandatory military service or just disbanded as their seven-year contracts came to an end and the members wanted, you know, to pursue other career paths. Um, so you have Big Bang, Shiny, BIP, 2PM, B slash Infinite, Teen Top, Vix, and of course, Block B. The sums of money needed to play the game today are now too large for the kinds of underground adjacent characters of the 2000s to really think about fielding new idol groups. And on top of that, the burden of representing Korea on the global stage means idols must project a squeaky clean image, which for most new generation idols means keeping a pretty big distance from the Korean hip hop scene. And as the 2010s came to a close, you definitely start to see fewer of the types of scandals that plagued big hit and stardom in the mainstream press. But that doesn't mean these companies are all squeaky clean. The damage done to idols, as I said, very, very real. And anybody looking into K-pop as an industry should be aware of the murky roots lurking beneath the glossy surface, as presented at the United Nations and the White House. So we'll go out with a song from our guy Kiddo, who I became very fond of while researching for this episode. So Kiddo joined up with his old crew, including Supreme Boy but minus Rap Monster, for some international promotions in 2016, and really seemed set to launch himself in a nice solo career before he got booked for marijuana with the late Troubled Iron, again, just Google him, 
uh, and another petty thug friend of theirs in 2016. Uh, song titles like We Do, hinting perhaps at their extracurricular activities. So here's Kiddo with a 2017 digital single, Her, which I think is uh, pretty good. So that's all for me. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, talk to you next time. Bye bye. She think I'm bad, so bad. No, he ought to care. I'm your real cock tongue hair. So, we'll walk up and just tell her. Kill, care, he no reka, kabi, jolly, you be sucking on my dick. Great, don't he good and pitch on her? No, yap, I'll go pitch on her. No, yum, I'll go pitch on her. Half the soul, her, half the soul, her. Great, don't he good and pitch on her? No, yap, I'll go pitch on her. No, yum, I'll go pitch on her. Half the soul, her, half the soul, her. She think I'm fucked up so bad No way, could I go ahead I'ma show you something you never thought of We gon' rap about and get that money Damn, I choke a stir her Gang me nunga put a stir her Kisa ga tojo stir her Gang your gay jong her Bitch, you gotta move that dirt Moku naso algo boni her Iron, take her that they hurt I keep so cursed. Think I'm fucked so bad. No, he ought to care. I'm your real cock tongue hair. So we'll walk up and just tell her. Kill, care, he know they got a vision. You be sucking on my dick. Great, don't he good and pitch on her. No, yeah, I'll go pitch on her. No, yum, I'll go pitch on her. Half the soul, her, half the soul, her. Great, don't he good and pitch on her. No, yeah, I'll go pitch on her. No, yum, I'll go pitch on her. You be sucking on my dick Great, don't you good and pitch on her? No, yeah, I'll go pitch on 